Welcome to the DermVet Podcast. I'm Dr. Ashley Bourgeois, a board-certified veterinary dermatologist practicing in Portland, Oregon with animal dermatology clinics. I'm also a mom of two, just trying to find the balance like everyone else. Let's learn to ditch the itch, cytology, everything, and make derm more fun than frustrating. Clawful disease is something that is often overlooked in veterinary dermatology, but it's really, really important that we're taking a really good close look at the claw and claw fold itself, whether it's a dog or a cat. It's important to know some of the similarities we can see in clawful disease, but there's also some really big differences as well. And I want to go over some of that with you guys on this episode of the podcast. So first of all, kind of looking at our terminology, something that you'll often hear dermatologists say is the term perinechia. You know, anything like ana, you know, whether it's onychomedesis, um, other diseases we see like onychodystrophy, that's going to refer to the claw itself. So pair, so think like you know, within inflammation, paranechias, inflammation or infection within that claw fold. So pair being like within anechia, claw, claw fold. So paranechia is something that you can put, you know, in your uh, medical records or a really hot word to know for Jeopardy. I don't know. It's a good term to recognize because it's very, very common for us to see, especially in dogs, but we can see it in cats as well. So paranechia, P-A-R, uh, O-N-Y-C-H-I-A is going to refer to inflammation or infection within the claw fold. So it's it's really, really essential when we're doing a full dermatologic exam of dogs and cats, and especially if they're symptomatic to their paws, licking, chewing, anything like that, that we really evaluate the interdigital spaces and the claw folds diligently. And so the things that we're looking for are erythema, so redness, inflammation, um, discharge. And what's tough is that claw fold, it's a little pocket of tissue, but it can hold a lot of debris, but it is a pocket. So if you just visually look at their paws, you might not really see that much stuff. You might not see any abnormalities or discharge. Sometimes you get really bad discharges essentially coming out of the claw fold. But because it's a pocket of tissue, you need to pull back. You need to retract that claw fold and actually look within that space. And so look for things like, you know, brown debris, purulent debris. It can be really dry, scaly debris. It can be really moist debris that's sitting in that claw fold. So make sure you retract that claw fold back and really evaluate the abnormalities. Is the claw fold itself erythematous? Is it swollen? Do you have alopecia there? Do you have actually debris that's trapped within um, that pocket of tissue? You know, even if they look pretty good as far as just visually looking at that paw, but then you have a history of that pet licking, chewing, corn cobbing, really bothering, you know, that those digits, the interdigital spaces, or just the foot, because a lot of times owners aren't going to notice the difference please just pull back that claw fold and evaluate because I have plenty of cases where if I just take a picture of them with their paws standing there, it's easy to say, ah, oh, that looks fine. There's really no abnormalities. But then when you pull back the claw fold, there's a lot of debris or inflammation present. And it's really easy, especially like long 
coated breeds. You know, cats or dogs have really long hair coats. It's really easy to miss that. So really just take those few seconds, retract the claw fold, take a look in that uh, space and see if you notice any abnormalities. Now, you've probably heard me talk about this before. One of my favorite things to do while collecting, because if we see abnormalities or we have symptoms towards a spot, we're going to cytology, right? Hashtag cytology everything get that toothpick out. So if they're licking and chewing their paws, um, if you see discharge there, if you see inflammation there, scaling there, anything, alopecia, retract the claw fold back and take that toothpick and just scrape it along the claw fold itself. And as we've talked about before, there's studies that actually show you're going to get more infectious organisms, um, you know, potentially inflammatory cells by doing the toothpick because you're getting into that very, very small space with something that's more targeted. And if you go to my social media, there's, I've done previous videos in posts showing you how to do a toothpick claw fold cytology. So definitely consider doing that and then roll that sample onto a slide so you can evaluate what type of cells, what type of infection is present. You can also do things like tape prep. So just like you do a tape cytology somewhere else on the body, you can try to do it around the claw, um, claw fold itself. I don't find that as helpful in the actual claw fold kind of uh, pocket. But, you know, the actual digit or claw fold itself, you can evaluate. You could also try to do something like a direct compression smear if you have a lot of debris coming out. But I do find that if we're trying to collect a cytology sample from that claw fold, the toothpick is the way to go. And most animals are actually very tolerant of it, um, even though you would think that they would pull away and some might. Uh, you know, it's pretty fast and most of them are actually going to be really amenable to that. Now remember, there's other things besides cytology depending on the history of that pet, um, what the clinical lesions look like, what your differentials are. There's other diagnostics besides cytology we need to consider depending on the case. So, you know, a big one um, depending on, you know, the type of animal and history and age is skin scrape. So we certainly can see things like Demodex cause a lot of abnormalities around the claw itself. It can cause them to be the paws and claw folds to be really swollen alopecic, erythematous, um, uh, doing our fungal diagnostics. So during a DTM testing, plus or minus fungal PCR, because we can see things like dermatophytosis create abnormalities to the claw folds themselves. And certainly we want to go back to the basics of scrape plug smear. We don't want to miss something like a contagious disease such as dermatophytosis. Um, and you can do things like biopsy. So we can get abnormalities like pemphigus, you know, in dogs and cats that can cause them to again have crusting, swelling, inflammation to those paw folds. So I'd start with cytology and depending on the case, you know, rule out the easier diagnostics first. So skin scrape, potentially fungal culture with PCR, um, just to rule out those other things. But if you have a case that's not really responding, you have a case where you've controlled infection and there's still a lot of issues there, then definitely consider either referral or um, biopsy if it's something you feel comfortable with getting really good samples of. So when we look at differentials between dogs and cats, there's some overlap, but there's some differences in how um, commonly these things happen. So if I see a dog with claw fold disease, you know, by far in the way, day in, day out, the main thing I'm seeing for claw fold disease is some sort of infectious perinechia, whether it's yeast or bacterial, due to allergies. I mean, that is something I see all day every day is yeast or bacteria trapped in the claw fold, 
you know, most commonly if I have a pet who was responding well to a certain, um, you know, medication for their allergies and now all of a sudden is not responding well, more often than not, it's because they have developed some sort of infection. So we're using toothpicks and cytology samples all day long to identify those. But we certainly do th see things as we talked about, like demetocosis that can cause um, a digit and clawful disease, um, dermatophy. Certainly there are some um, obscure things like autoimmune diseases, so like pemphigus foliaceus, and neoplastic diseases like epithelotropic lymphoma. Again, kind of going back to the basics and I've done other episodes on this before, if they're not responding to things, if things don't really look right, if things have changed, then we certainly want to, just like any other portion of the skin, treat the claw fold in the same manner. Now, cats are a bit different. You're still going to have some of those differentials, but the likelihood of what it's going to be can be different. And, um, you know, for me, a cat with clawful disease is pemphigus foliaceous until proven otherwise. That doesn't mean every cat with clawful disease is going to have pemphigus, but I by far and away see it more commonly with cats if they have clawful disease, especially if you have like purulent clawful disease, like they're inflamed. There's a lot of kind of pus and stuff, pus and purulent debris, caseous material coming out of that clawful, and it's a cat, pemphigus foliaceous until proven otherwise. Now I have on occasion seen cats that get in um, like infections paronychia. So kind of like dogs with their allergies, they'll get yeast or bacteria that will get in that claw fold and can cause, um, you know, them to be really pruritic. Most of the time I have had a couple cases of really bad bacterial paronychia that's been um, purulent, but most of the time I find those cases aren't necessarily purulent. They'll kind of be more brown debris, um, you know, not as aggressive as the debris we'll see with pemphigus. But of course, I'm doing my cytology and doing my diagnostics to make sure I'm actually evaluating that. You can get things like eosinophilic granulomas that can form on the digits and cause swollen claw folds. It's not as common, but I've had a young cat do that before where just one claw fold got swollen. We biopsied it, came back as an eosinophilic granuloma. We're actually able to control that cat with diet alone when we did the workup, which was kind of crazy, but a very cool case. Um, you know, you can get dermatophytosis in cats too. That can still cause some hair loss, scaling, erythema around that digit and claw fold. And then, you know, there's the more obscure things. Lung digit syndrome um, is something that we can see in cats, not as common, but is certainly something recognized in cats where you get metastasis. Um, and then neo, other neoplastic diseases too, other autoimmune diseases as well. When we actually talk about the claw fold, those are probably the more common things we see. Um, you know, there's actual digit disease like symmetric uh, lupoid onic dystrophy. But if we actually look at claw fold itself, those would be some of my suggestions to have on your radar. So again, we're looking for clinical signs, redness, discharge, retracting that claw fold, pulling back, looking, getting our cytology samples, getting those toothpicks out and rolling them onto a slide. Do we see infection, inflammation? Do we see things like cells we don't necessarily recognize? Like maybe they are acanthalytic keratinocytes or maybe they are neoplastic cells, but you don't feel as comfortable calling them that. Well, then we can either refer them to a dermatologist if you're able or really educate yourself. And I have previous podcast episodes on that of how to get a good biopsy sample because we want quality biopsy samples to get a diagnosis. Remembering to do things like our toothpick cytologies um, or other forms of cytology, if that's what you're more comfortable with, but I'd highly recommend trying out the toothpick. Um, going back to the basics, skin scrape, DTM, biopsy, and then remembering the differentials. In dogs, 
more often than not some sort of bacteria or yeast infection due to allergies, but other things could be on the list too. In cats, more often than not, purulent debris at the claw fold, swelling at the claw fold, pemphigus foliaceus, but we talked about some of those other differentials too. So hopefully that's helpful. Claw fold disease is something that we see all the time. Like I mentioned, very easy to overlook it just with how much stuff we have to evaluate on the skin of dogs and cats, but a very common area that does have pathology associated with it with the various diseases that we see in dogs and cats. So important for us to get comfortable and you can do it in a very quick manner. You're evaluating the paw, just pull back the claw fold as you're going along. If they have a history of licking chewing, just grab your toothpick, get a good cytology, you know, work those up because it's amazing how much better that they can do. And if you want to see some pictures, like I said, I have videos and pictures of doing toothpicks cytologies on my social media at the derm vet um, and then I have some diseases for example pemphigus in cats you can see lots of pictures of that on my social media as well and I really hope you guys found this helpful